0: Listen, I am fired up, stay with me, I'm fired up for what God has for you, the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you today. So out of curiosity, did anybody show up equally fired up for what God has for you? Let me hear you. Now this room is fired up, Sugarloaf is, but your campus might not have been ready for that at 12 Stone uh, Live, you might not have been ready for that at 12 Stone Home or online, so I'll just do it again. The Holy Spirit has something for you today. He's fired up for what he's going to bring to you. Are you fired up to receive what he has for you? Let me hear it again. Yeah. And so we're in this series called Unchanging. What can you build your life on that is solid, that's unchanging, in a world that keeps changing the truth? Oh, this is true today. Oops, it's not true tomorrow. What do, you, what do you build your life on? So let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, our creator, we stand in awe of you. And Lord Jesus, you said that you would send the Holy Spirit and he would teach us all things. Teach us today. For all of you who would receive this prayer, ask him, Holy Spirit, teach me today. It may mean, Holy Spirit, that you take us off on side thoughts from even what I'm saying, and you awaken things, you enlighten things, you talk to us about our marriage or our family, you talk to us about our career or our finances, you talk to us about our parenting or our future, you talk to us about our character and and some things that need fresh correction. You encourage us and affirm us. So whatever it is, we say, yes, teach me, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. So... In this whole unchanging series, we're looking at what happened in 325 AD, when the Nicene Creed was written and the church was establishing from the Bible, they'll take the whole of the Bible, and what is essential? How how do do you cliff note this thing, readers digest it, into the essentials that are unchanging that we can build our lives upon? And this series has been awesome. To date. But if we stopped right here, then something would be missing. If we don't go further, if we don't go in the next week, particularly today and forward, it's, it, there's stuff that's missing. Let me, let me give you a picture of, of what something is missing looks like. About a month ago, Monday, April 19th, I got my trimmer, beard trimmer out. Made sure it was set on number seven, because that's the length of this glorious mustache with just slight handlebars. Appreciate it. And I was about to trim it and, and I made sure it was on set. And as soon as I started trimming up, I, I had a panic moment. I, I looked in the mirror and this whole thing was gone. I mean, just like like a third of my mustache. Now that's a problem. I've never shaved my mustache since it started growing when I was 16. Never. Nothing's ever been shaved up here. God doesn't want it shaved. And and. I know it's a little old. So it has got the little turn down here, just slightly leaning toward motorcycle, and it's a way of saying I don't care what you think. I don't even care if it's old school. I'll do whatever I want. And I asked Marsha for permission. She said I could. So, so I keep. But I looked in the mirror and I looked at the, the the beard trimmer. Like, what happened? And it was off the guard. So it said seven, but it was off the guard. It was on like stubble. I cut it off. If you had looked at me on that day, you'd say, Something's missing. You need to grow. I, I, I'm on cameras. I got Zoom calls. I got videos. This is permanent stuff. I don't know what to do. I can't balance it out. I mean, I, what am I going to do? Within a few hours, COVID hit like a ton of bricks. COVID kicked my butt, but the only good thing is I was in quarantine. For 14 days, grew it back. You had no clue. (laughs) But uh, hey, if you'd seen me, you would say something is missing. (laughs) You need to grow it back. That's what the Holy Spirit is going to do for us today. He's going to teach us that something is missing. Hey, COVID has cut us off from things. And they're missing. And we need to grow it back. So let's talk about the church. What's missing, by the way? I'll just give you the word. It's through. T-H-R-O-U-G-H. Through. Say it with me. What's the word? Through. Look here on the screen. The church is the people the Holy Spirit works in and what? Through. I need a little enthusiasm. I'm pretty fired up about this. You need to join me in that. Hey, through. No, it's, it's got gusto. The church is the people the Holy Spirit works in and what? Through. Oh, through. This, this right here, this is awakening. This is who we were created to. Be. The Holy—it's a declaration. You got to get today. The Holy Spirit works in you and He works through you. So you need to embrace this, receive it, expect it, and act like it. Like that's the declaration. You're gonna hear me say it repeatedly. The Holy Spirit's gonna work in you and through you. So receive it. It's really receive Him. Expect Him to move, and act like it. Act like the Holy Spirit is in you and intends to use you wherever you go. And that is often missing. Here, Here's why it's missing. Because I I told you the progression of God revealing himself to us. Like in the Old Testament, a bit is simplistic, but it's clear. that, That he revealed to us as God the Father. And so he's our creator and he is over us. He is what? Over us. Then Jesus comes. And we discover the second person of the Trinity. Oh, Jesus, Emmanuel, which means God with us. God, what? With us. So now let's get more intimate. And then he sends the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit, who's our teacher, our counselor is in us. He's where? In us progressing in intimacy. But now the church is launched and we discover the Holy Spirit is not only working in us. He works through us. Jesus said, the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be my witnesses. Listen, God does not accomplish his work on earth, skipping the church. He does it through the church, through you, through me. It's how he gets it done. It is profound. So let's get to the Nicene Creed because this is its next line. We believe also in only one universal apostolic and holy church for about 10 minutes Let me unpack some of the theology. I just want to make sure this sentence makes sense to you. Let me give you about 10 minutes of theological framework for that statement. Then I'm going to paint a picture for you. And then we're going to play it out with three groups. So here we go. Let's get into the theology, if you will. And I'll back that sentence up. So we'll start with church. This holy church. So let me talk about church for a moment. The Greek word for church, one of them in the New Testament, translated in church is ekklesia. It means the called out assembly, the called out assembly. Meaning we've been called out from a world of paganism and pantheism and agnosticism and atheism in a world that lives far from God. And we've been called out from that world to Christ. So now we're in relationship with Christ and we assemble together even like this. And this assembly, we've been called out from the world. We've been called to Christ. And now in this unique born-again relationship with Christ, for whom he is our Savior and Lord, we follow him. Therefore, listen, the church is not a building. It's people. Just again, when somebody says, where's your church? You can't say, oh, it's, o- it's over at Sugarloaf. It's right off. From-. No, that, that's a building. Oh, the church is over on Buford Drive. No, no. The, the, this, the, the building is where we gather you are the church. When somebody says, where's your church? You say, man, it's all over the world today. I have no idea. They're everywhere. So just look at your neighbor, wherever you are, even if you're online, even if you're at 12th Street home, if you're on a campus right here, Sugarloaf, just look at your neighbor and say, you are the church. Just, just tell them again, didn't have enough gusto for me, but you just, that's okay. That's okay. I'll get you there. The church back it up is holy is what? So he's describing this theology. See, the Holy Spirit wrote through Peter this truth about who we are and who we're created to be. Be holy, it says in First Peter, as I am holy. I, I know that's next, now you know. Be holy because I, God, am holy. We don't, we don't clean up our lives to come to Jesus. We come to Jesus, this is so good, and he cleans us up. Aren't you grateful? Forgives us of our sin. Yeah, we should. Forgives us of our sin. See, all of you watching the church saying, y'all are a mess. Of course, we're just like you. Aren't you grateful? It's for people who are a mess. And then he forgives us and he cleanses us. And by his shed blood and covering, we're forgiven. We're made whole. And then we strive to be holy. We strive to be holy. Now the Holy Spirit is in us to help us strive to be holy. Pastor Jason talked last weekend about this. Holy Spirit pouring in us. The fruit of the Spirit and how God transforms us from the inside out. Let's keep backing up the sentence. Apostolic. What do they mean by apostolic? Well, this is the framework for truth. What they're trying to clarify. See, truth is not a democracy. We don't vote on it. The followers of Christ don't check polls to see what we believe. Oh, that's what we believe. That's what the majority of Americans believe. That must be that's not where we go. God doesn't merely tell the truth. Listen, He is the truth. So when He speaks, it is the essence of truth. He speaks through the Holy Spirit, through the apostles to us. That's why it's written down here. That so the church recognizes this is not written by man; it's written by God. I know why the world goes. Yeah, that's just a book. I get it. I know you don't. You don't believe. You don't follow. You. Don't, I get it. But just so you know, what the church believes, what is true, is that God spoke. The Holy Spirit spoke through the prophets and the apostles. And by the way, every time we say God, we mean God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Every time Twelve Stone says god we mean god the father god the son god the holy spirit by the way every time we say god i've heard people say man you don't talk about jesus enough don't talk about the holy spirit you just talk about god (laughs) catch on catch i'll I'll wait (laughs) there you with me it's the same thing here so when we say god we mean god the father god the who and then we mean god the son jesus and god the holy spirit every time and then when we want to delineate which person of the one God and three distinct persons. So if you hear God and you only think Father, change the way you hear. Because we mean the whole. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit spoke through prophets and apostles. This is why they say this in the Creed. Ephesians 2, 19 and 20. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people. And also members of his household, his church. Built on the foundation of the what, everybody? apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. So therefore, what they're saying is truth does not come from your culture. You don't run around the culture and figure out what's true. You read the word of God as written through the apostles, and now you know what's true. The the, the church isn't a democracy that votes on what we think is true. It's unchanging because God is the source of truth. Let's stay in the theology, universal. We believe also in only one universal. Now, when he says universal, he's talking about the whole church, as in the whole church who has ever lived or ever will live. Universal, whole church. Everyone who's ever followed Christ. Everyone who's truly born again and follows Christ. Now, false theology. By the way, not just because someone claims. Claiming to be a Christian, I get it. I hope you trust that you are. But you're not a Christian because you claim Jesus. You're a Christian because Jesus claims you that distinguishes you. You follow him. So the universal church who follows, truly follows Jesus and the church of which he is the head, the what? Head. Look at scripture. And he, Jesus, is before all things and in him all things hold together. And he is the head, the what everybody? Head of the body, the church. That's what Colossians 1 Seventeen, eighteen says. So again, we're, we're just quickly unpacking theology. So you see, where did they get the Nicene Creed and why did they write it this way? Because this is a collection of scripture and truth so that we understand who we are and therefore why we are. And the church is really, really big. And Christ is the head. By the way, just pause. If Christ is the head of the church, he really cares about it. You, you can't dismiss the church and follow Christ because it's his. He's the head of it. It's not man-made. It's God-made. Now, we're called up to something that we don't often live up to, but that doesn't excuse the calling And who is the head of the church. And that makes us one. It makes us what? One. So that's where the sentence begins. We believe also in only one. But really, in that one, we are one. There are gifts of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, Paul is describing Now about the gifts of the spirit, the Holy Spirit gives spiritual gifts to all of us in the body of Christ. Brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. I don't want you to be uninformed. We are one body in Christ, but we have various spiritual gifts. It's described this way in Ephesians chapter four, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. By the way, it's the unity of the spirit. The Holy Spirit produces a unity that makes us one. You protect it. By the way, be very careful that you don't start speaking from culture to the church and expect the church to lead from culture. We lead from scripture, not from culture. That got a little confused in COVID. A whole bunch of people telling pastors to start, start with culture instead of start with scripture. Got really annoyed because pastors wouldn't lead from cultural opinions. Oh, I'm meddling. My bad. I'm not even in my notes. Okay, I'll stay. I'll stay here. We don't need that yet. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith. How many? One, one, one. You see it? One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in y'all is what he meant to say. Uh, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, teachers to equip to do what? Equip his people, that's y'all, for works of service because the Holy Spirit is going to not only work in you, but work through you. Listen, the Holy Spirit is going to work through you for gifts of service because we build the body of Christ together and then God uses us as witnesses to the world. So the Holy Spirit works in you. There's your declaration. He works in you. He works through you. Receive it. Receive him. Expect it and act like it. This is who we are, this oneness. And therefore, this oneness, listen, this oneness is above all other things that define us. Hang on. So your first identity is not your ethnicity in the church. Your first identity in the church is Christ. It's how we can be one. The world hasn't won it. Jesus already did. Our first identity is in Christ. Your ethnicity is second to Christ. We don't make that the primary conversation in the church because Jesus already united us in him. He made every ethnicity. He loves diversity, and he makes us all one in him. Be clear about who the church is. By the way, so, so that we're clear, your first identity is not in your politics. That's secondary. Thank you. Because you have no idea what I cut to be inside the time. But it was all right here. Your first identity is not in your generation. This stuff about... building churches that are just for one generation misses the point. We are an intergenerational church, all ages, all stages, and we are one in Christ. It's the most fantastic thing on earth because Christ is the one who unites us. That's how it's possible for us to be one. And something is missing because over COVID, things got cut off and we lost a whole lot of oneness and we got to grow it back. So, that was a couple amens. I was really looking for a room full of, I'll go back, I'll just, one. Amen. So now, I'm just, I'm in a mood, okay? Just go with me. So, now let me play it out in picture. Uh, there's three tables here, and I just want to play out the picture. This table says the Holy Spirit, this table says the church, this table says spirits the unresolved. Let me, let me give you a picture. We've already talked about this. I did a little bit of this on Mother's Day. Jason did a little bit of this uh, last weekend. And we talked about how the Holy Spirit pours in us, right? Remember, the Holy Spirit is in us. So the Holy Spirit pours in us. It's a beautiful thing. And when the Holy Spirit pours in us, here's what I want you to know. You have the power. Say it with me. You have the what? You have the power of the Holy Spirit in you. I don't have time to pour it in every cup. You have the power, listen, it is the same power of the Holy Spirit that was in the original apostles, the same Holy Spirit that launched the churches in you. He is, oh oh my gracious, he's in me, and he works through you. Now watch this. The Holy Spirit pours in us, but hang on, because we're the church, the Holy Spirit is not just in you for you, he's in you through you, and you're supposed to pour into one another. Come on now, church, should be saying, oh, amen really good we're supposed to be pouring into one another that's who we're designed to be and then you pour into someone and they pour into you and the gifts of the spirit work so that the body of christ is one and profoundly powerful and some of this stuff got blown up and cut off during covid and it is time to build back and grow back who the church was created to be we serve love and value one another this is our distinctive so that's the church now That's not the end of it. See, the Holy Spirit is in us so that we might be witnesses. There's a whole world out here of people who are spiritually unresolved. They're far from God. They may be near you, but they're far from God. They're over here. They're empty. So receive the declaration. The Holy Spirit works in you and he works through you, through you to one another in the church and then through you to a world who is spiritually lost. You will have the power of God in you to witness and you're not doing it alone. When you work, pour into someone else who's far from God, the Holy Spirit is doing that work and working on them. So then we come over here and we pour a little bit of God into somebody's life. They're like, what was that? A young man, let me illustrate, a young man, a young man named Amari, uh, spiritually unresolved. He's a senior in high school, and uh, coming into this new year, uh, a 12-stoner, high schooler, came over and said, hey, why don't you come with us to age 12? And, but he started moving this direction. He decided to come right on the edge, closer, closer. And he started listening, and, and then there's like Aiden, one of the one of the high school student leaders, felt a compulsion, a prompt from the Holy Spirit to be praying specifically for Amari, and then and then Stephen, uh, uh, a a another leader in the group, he's praying for Amari and 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 then Joel, Joel's over here, he's praying for Amari and the spirit of God is moving through the church to pour into this guy who has no idea what's going on, now, I know this breaks down I know, well the Holy Spirit isn't in him yet, I get it, just, I, it's limits in every illustration, just go with it, so they're pouring in and, and here's the beautiful thing, last Wednesday night, there was a moment where there's an invitation to dedicate your life to Christ, it was the last gathering for high school grads, among the H12 gathering and and Aiden and and Joel felt a prompt. They just they were so moved. They went in the hall and just began to walk and pray for Amari. And when they came back in with the sense of peace, guess where Amari was? He was at the front, giving his life to Christ. And he now is in the church. That's who we are. You have the power of the Holy Spirit in you and through you. And we got a whole world far from God. And the church has been cut off, figuring out how to reach the world in church. We got to grow that back. Amen? Amen? These people matter to God. Their lives are empty. We got to pour into them. And by the way, one of the things that's been cut off and broke is that sometimes Christians take their little cup and come over here, cozy up to the Holy Spirit and say, I just, I'm just i not even in the church. I don't, I don't like the organized church. Would you like the disorganized church? I don't know. I don't, I don't like the organized church. They're just so imperfect, right? Of course we are. They don't love like Jesus. Neither do you. Well, they don't serve like Jesus, neither do you. Jesus never said, Love one another as your declaration to make everybody make your life comfortable. It wasn't delivered for you to tell someone else, it was delivered for you to live out yourself. Don't run around the world and say, You gotta live like Jesus, and I'm gonna evaluate you, gotta love like, no, get over here and love like Jesus. If you don't like the way everybody else is loving, do better. Let the power of the Holy Spirit be in you, do better. Listen, this idea that you and Jesus have this personal little special thing, you're not over here. I promise you, Jesus is not in that. He is the head of the church. He gave his life for it, and he's building it for his glory. And if you want a perfect church, as soon as you find it, you can't join it because you'll ruin it. Enough of that. Over here. You can tell he's in the mood. He's got stuff. So I want to talk to three groups. I think the Holy Spirit wants to talk to three groups, so I'm going to honor it. Here's the three groups. I want to apply that into the life of three groups. High school graduates, the convenient, and 55 plus. Let's talk. Let me talk to the graduates. Everybody can listen in. You're all going to benefit. But high school graduates, my son, Jaden, our fourth is graduating, has graduated this weekend. Glory to God. So proud of you, son. Sitting right over there. We're empty, Nestor, but we're going to miss you. He knows how we love him. And the Holy Spirit is in him. And it tends to work through him. And I pray He receives this truth that he expects God to move through him and he acts like it. If I could take a moment as a father to all of you who are high school graduates, would you receive that? Would you expect that? Would you act like that? Wherever you go, if you go to trade school, if you go to college, if you go right into work, you are on mission. The spirit of God is sending you out Jaden came to faith on a Christmas Eve. If you have not come to faith, join Jaden, join Amari, settle this, go listen to Pastor Jason's teaching a couple of weeks ago on the judgment, get the full picture because it's unchanging truth and settle it with the God who created you and loves you. Jaden and I were talking he said, well, I plan to get baptized before I go to college. I'm like, good for you, son. Seal it and let us send you. By the way, if you've not been baptized, and particularly graduates, but for everyone, on June the 6th in a couple of weeks. In fact, next Sunday, we're going to unpack the sacraments. What do they mean? We're going to teach the Lord's Supper and baptism the following week on the 6th. We're going to have a party. It's like a come back and regrow community because you can't stop community. And we're saying on June 6th, let's go church. Let's get back to who we were created to be. We're going to throw a party after every service at every campus and every 12 stone home. We're just going to have a bunch of fun, a little bit of open baptism. And listen, set it up in your own mind. June 6th, come get baptized, seal it in the Lord and let us send you. And I think. George Mueller would give you some really good advice. So it's story time. High school graduates, it's story time. I'm going to tell a fairly long story, six, seven minutes. Everybody else, listen in. This is for you. George Mueller would tell you, high school graduates, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first. Seek how? When? First. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Jesus said this in Matthew 6:33. And everything else, all this material world stuff, God will add to you. God is the provider, but keep him first. George Mueller was born in Prussia, which became Germany, so he's German. He was raised in church, eventually moved to England, settled in Bristol, England. When he was a kid, he stole often from his own father. His father caught him several times. When he went to college, he swindled his friends, admittedly by his own story. Drank heavily, partied, played poker, lost a lot of money, more than he ever made, went in debt, one time left college just to go on a trip he couldn't afford and stole from hotels. Ended up getting caught and thrown in jail for 24 days before his dad came and bailed him out. This is George Mueller. But in college, a friend named Beda invited him to a Bible study. Pause, time out. You, as followers of Christ, when you go to college or wherever you go next, you are beta to the world around you. You are the church filled with the Holy Spirit to go to a world who's spiritually unresolved. When you go, this is what we're sending you to be. Go over here. Be a part of a church. Some are going to plant, I've heard, 12 stone homes in their campuses, in their dorms, and invite some in. That'll be awesome. Or... And go find a church and get a part of Bible study on campus. But then go reach your campus. It's your mission field. So his friend Beta invited him. He went to the Bible study and he'd been mocking Jesus his whole life. And he was mocking Jesus, and he went to the Bible study in order to mock Christians. And you know what happened, right? God messed with him. It's the most beautiful thing. Messed with him. He came to faith in Jesus, felt like Jesus called him to be a pastor, so pursued it, went into ministry. And in the midst of that, God spoke into his spirit this scripture. He said that I don't really live. Seek first the kingdom of God, and then trust God to provide. How do I trust God to provide? And practically, the Spirit of God said, I want you to live this out and demonstrate that prayer works. And I want you to start an orphanage among the ministry, many ministry things he did. So he started an orphanage, by the way, that impacted hundreds and hundreds of kids. But he never asked for any money. Hang on, get the story. He believed that God said, put that scripture in practice. Pray and ask God to move on people and ask people to give. George never asked anyone for provisions the rest of his life. He only asked God. Everybody told him, well, that's stupid. That doesn't work. (laughs) One of the best stories. On this morning, the matron came in amidst the orphanage and said, well, it's finally happened, George. We got, we're destitute. We got no food and we got no money. 350 orphans are standing up at the breakfast table in front of empty tables. What are we going to do? He smiled and said, I'll take care of it. He noticed looking out the window at one of the gardens that that one of the workers' daughters, little eight-year-old Emily, was out there, and he said, oh, my goodness. And he went and got her, took her by the hand, said, I want you to come watch what God's about to do. Then he went in the room, no food, 350 orphans standing at the table, and he prays. Something like this. Oh, Heavenly Father, thank you for the food we're about to enjoy. Nourish us. In Jesus' name, amen. Kids, have a seat. I don't want you to be late for school. They all sat down. Silence, awkward. You ever been in that awkward moment between your prayer and God's answer? It's an eternity, isn't it? Knock on the door. Opens the door. It's the baker. Baker said, I don't know what's going on. But last night at 2 a.m., the Lord woke me up, told me to go bake a bunch of bread for you guys. I couldn't go back to sleep. I got a bunch of fresh bread for the kids. Do you need it? Come on now. Give it up for God. That's like, are you kidding me? He never asked. As they distributed the bread, the door knocked again. It was the milkman. He said, my cart just broke down in front of the orphanage. I can't fix the wheel without unloading all the milk. It's probably going to spoil the milk. I don't know what to do with it. Could you use it? George just smiled. Sent a bunch of kids out. They brought all the milk in. They had fresh milk and fresh bread that day. He never asked. Seek first. Listen, you're going off to college. You're going off to work. The Holy Spirit is in you. He will work through you. Receive him, expect it, and act like it. By the way, sometimes you're George. We all know this. Sometimes you're George, and God asks you to take great courage and follow him in something, and it's going to take other people to make it possible. But you live in a place of faithfulness. Sometimes you're George. Sometimes you're the baker. God prompts you to do something and you don't even fully understand it. But church, every time he prompts, you say yes because he is fulfilling a story somewhere else for his kingdom and you get to be a part of it. And sometimes you're the milkman. You have a problem. You don't know why, but God's going to do something if you will expect that he is working through you. That is who the Holy Spirit is and what we get to do together. Isn't that a great story? That's a beautiful thing. By the way, by the way, George lived to 92 years old, saved and served over 10,000 orphans. And by the end of his life, in modern day equivalent dollars, nearly $300 million passed through his hands to accomplish ministry, care for the kids. And he never asked for a dime, except to God. High school grads figure out how to seek first God and his kingdom. In fact, we have a little gift For you that you've either received or you're going to receive. Uh, It's a book John Maxwell and I wrote, Home Run. The purpose of the book is to help you figure out how did God design you to do life. I know you don't want to read, so we put a bookmark in it. And the bookmark in it, which happens to be a $50 bill, which is one of the best bookmarks ever, uh, is designed to help you just put it where you're reading and then read through it and figure out how to follow God fully. And then at the end, Go spend your 50 bucks on whatever you like because we love you, we believe in you, but mostly God believes in you, and he's called you, and we're going to send you, and the Holy Spirit is in you, and he will work through you, receive him, expect it, and act like it. Amen, church? Amen. Amen. Let me talk to another group. Now, I'm just going to be brief with the next two groups. This is just brief. I want to talk to the convenient. Here's the convenient. The convenient are those of us who have gotten caught in the convenient trap, and it's happened during COVID. We've gotten cut off from one another. We've had to do church for the longest time online. And what happens is it starts to get what? Convenient. Convenient. The gas crisis was a problem. Recently, and it's coming out. But that wasn't the big crisis. The big crisis was Chick-fil-A sauce. (laughs) There was a shortage. There is. And you only get so much. And you know what they sent to all their customers? We apologize for the what? Inconvenient. Listen to you. Listen. You act like a customer long enough, and you start thinking that's who you are in the church. And you start thinking, well, the church better make everything convenient. Used to gather and assemble. Man, you got so used to online. Watch it when you want. God on your time. It's convenient. You're sort of engaged, not fully engaged. Don't kid yourself. When when Hebrews wrote this, Hebrews chapter 10 back in the day, no wonder the Holy Spirit, they probably had COVID then. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together. Literally not giving up worshiping, gathering together as somewhere in the habit, the COVID habit of doing COVID is in the Greek. It precedes it, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. This isn't a guilt thing. This is a growth thing. Listen, we get to come back. So we're setting June 6th as party, community, fun stuff for the kids to play and enjoy hot dogs, whatever, celebrate the sacraments. See some people baptized we it's just, it's on its way. The pendulum is coming back and we were created for community and we're going to go enjoy it. And if you are stuck in the convenience trap, listen, you are not a customer of the kingdom. You are the kingdom. And no company says to its workers, sorry for the inconvenience. Of course, it's inconvenient because it's a priority. So maybe some of you, it's like, yeah, you're right. June 6th and here forward, let's get on it. Hey, online church is awesome it works. If you're sick, if you're, you can't get out, if you're physically unable, if you're still deeply concerned about the COVID stuff, very fine. Enjoy online church, but move it either to 12 stone home where you gather with others or get to 12 stone live. We'll keep growing 12 stone online because a whole bunch of you are spiritually unresolved and you're over here and you're not even sure what you believe or that you buy in. Maybe online church, God is helping you think about it. Maybe you're in the church, but you're so far over here. You're like, man, I just don't know. And God's growing you until you really join. Great, great. But let's go after what we were created for because that's how God grows us up. Last group, the 55 plus group. This July, some of you know I mentioned, uh, I turned the big 6-0. So July 9th, I turned 60. It's fantastic. I know it's old when you're young. It looks terrible when you're there. It's, it's actually wonderful, so far at least. So I, I love the idea of being old. But I can, I can admit I'm old, comfortable with it. But what I've discovered watching my generation just ahead of me and just behind me in this stage is that the majority of the generation has looked forward to getting here but don't know what to do when they get here. We've been all about getting our freedom, and we're not sure what to do with it. We had a vision to get here, but we don't have a vision for how you live your legacy years. Listen very carefully. I'm watching people undo the faith they spent the last 40 years building because they're disconnecting, getting spiritually sloppy, and they don't have a vision for their future. And God does. This should be the most productive years in the kingdom you've ever had. How do you enjoy freedom? Simultaneously experience fulfillment. Simultaneously be fruitful in kingdom. Simultaneously have a bunch of fun. Well, here's what I'm going to do. I want to talk about it, and I'm going to host a party, a birthday party for everybody. Not my birthday, everybody's birthday. So on July 19th, July when? 19th, Monday night, July 19th, I'm gonna host a party. It's for everybody 55 and older. Hang on, I'm not gonna card you at the door. If you're slightly under 55, maybe even 50, or you're married to somebody slightly, that's fine. 50, I I don't care, we're gonna gather together. I don't care if it's 50 people, 250, 550, we're gonna throw a party, we're gonna gather at the Sugarloaf Campus, we're gonna have a bunch of fun, but it's a party with a purpose, and we're gonna talk about how do you live your legacy years, your fourth quarter, to have the most freedom, the most fulfillment, the most fruitful, and the most fun. It's gonna be awesome. So here's how you get there. 37748. Yeah, you can go ahead and celebrate. 37748, PK party. By, by the way, by the way, if you put in PK party, it autocorrects to OK party. It's not going to be an OK party. It's going to be better than that. So autocorrect it and do PK party. All right, I'm done. But the Holy Spirit is not. So bow your heads. Would you right now, before God, to seal in your soul? Holy Spirit, I acknowledge, I receive the declaration. You work in me, you work through me. I receive that. I want to begin to expect you to move through me. And God help me to start acting like it. Father, whatever has been cut off in this COVID season, would you help us grow it back? Church, right now, wherever you are individually, online, 12-stone home, live campus, what would the Holy Spirit say to you? You need to grow back. Help us do so by your power. In Jesus' name, amen.